I was going to get that for you, Riker, if Jesse didn't. That was going to be my second ground ball for today while here at services. Good evening, everybody, and uh, certainly glad everyone can make it out tonight. If uh, you have your Bibles uh, with you tonight, and hopefully you do, you can be turning to the book of Numbers, chapter 13. That's where our thoughts are going to be uh, taken for this evening, uh, book of Numbers, predominantly in Numbers, chapter 13. I appreciate the opportunity to speak to everyone, as Andy asked me about to do this, I don't know, maybe three weeks ago now, three or four weeks ago now. Um, I appreciate him asking uh, for the opportunity to do that. Uh, It's good to be back. Some of you are aware I uh, just went on a long road trip with the boys uh, in during this time that I've referred to as to some as my my first retirement while I'm while I'm uh, out of work we got a chance to take uh, the boys on a on a field trip uh, of sorts a road trip of sorts and we got back uh, Friday had a good time and uh, actually that's what prompts some of the thoughts for this evening in regards to a road trip that we find in Numbers chapter 13. Um, if you've ever taken a road trip uh, of any kind, uh, different distances with uh, either folks that you know, maybe you're kin to them, maybe their family, maybe friends. Uh, while we were out in uh, one part of Yellowstone, this big bus pulled up and a whole bunch of people got out. And I, I, they were not all family, I can assure you. And uh, some spoke uh, different languages and maybe multiple languages. And I couldn't help but wonder after being with my boys in the car, you know, for quite some time, how that would work on a big bus with a lot of people that you might not even know very well. I'm sure they had some interesting conversations. Um, at some point in time during the trip, I started jotting down some of the some of the comments that came came from uh, the boys' notable notable quotes, if you will, from the road trip. I was going to share some of those with you uh, with you uh, tonight. Uh, these aren't in any particular order, so they may have happened at the beginning or end of the trip. Uh, but all of these are, are real, give you some insight into some of the things I got to experience the last couple of weeks. One boy says, what are you doing? The other says, ripping off my toenail. Why? Because it's broken. You should eat it. Uh, I'll let you guess who said what. Um, comment was made, you dance like a little hula girl. I am a little hula girl. One boy in one of the prayers, one of, the, one of our stops, said, Dear God, thank you for letting us go to Texas, Colorado, and my homie. Uh, my homie is slang for Wyoming. Um, and we got that straightened out after, after the prayer. Um, I let the boys choose on occasions where we went to go eat, so I introduced them to the app Yelp. Uh, if you Yelp, you know what I'm talking about. So Jace, oh, sorry, Jace, I told on you. Uh, so Jace is holding uh, the mobile phone and using Yelp, and I hear from the back. Um, I don't even remember where this place was. Uh, they have a Burger King, McDonald's. What's a Hooters? It says they have new football bunnies. Football bunnies, guys. What are football bunnies, Dad? Uh, I didn't respond to that. Uh, at one point, I heard the boys talking, guys, look, I have an eight-pack. Here are the usual six, and on top, I have made two more show up. Boys, you got to love them, right? Here's one of my favorites. Thanks, Dad, you are the best. 
Uh, that was shortly followed by another one. Dad, mom will always be better. <laughs> couple more. Can we go find a fun park? I'm tired of the national ones. <laughs> oh, look, national park. Oh, look, over there, another national park. They're everywhere. Oh, boy. That's where we got to by, 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 the, by day 10 or 12. And then... Uh, a uh, comment was made, you should not baptize people with your hands around their neck. That's a game we Christians play in the pool, or at least the Kirby's do anyway. And then uh, for parents, whenever you're texting back to your spouse, always check that auto-correct. The last morning, our last day, when we, I think, had eight hours to drive or something like that, I, I texted, so I'm telling on myself, I should have checked it. Woo, I have excited brats this morning. They've acted asexual this morning at breakfast, so I'm making them fast during lunch. What I really meant to say was, was uh, they just acted crazy this morning. I'm going to make them go hungry if they don't eat their breakfast. But that's what Siri did to me. So uh, you've got to be mindful of that whenever you're on a road trip, texting, texting back. So what does it have to do with the message tonight? During uh, the time away, I spent some time thinking about the road trip that takes place in Numbers chapter 13. Chapter 13, verse 1 and 2. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, every one a chief among them. Over the next few verses, it'll give the names of those individuals. And tonight I want to talk about Caleb, uh, the chief man, or one of the chief men, of course, of his tribe, the son of Jephunneh. He goes on what, what then becomes a bit of a road trip, as you, may, as you may recall. It's time for Moses. He's sending the spies out. You probably remember this story. Sends out the spies. We skip down to Numbers chapter 13 and, and pick up in verse 17. This is after the, the names of those spies have been given. Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up into the Negeb and go up into the hill country and see what the land is and whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, whether they are few or many, whether the land that they dwell in is good or bad, whether the cities that they dwell in are camps or strongholds, and whether the hand I'm sorry, whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are trees in it or not. Be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. More specifically that's in the July time frame when these individuals are about to head off on this road trip. Skip down a few verses to, uh, verse, to verse 20, uh, 25. After 40 days they returned from spying out the land, and they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh, they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him, uh, we came to the land to which you sent us, We're talking to Moses here, it flows with milk and honey, and this is the fruit. I'm going to pause there for just a moment. So these spies have been gone now for 40 days, as the text tells us there in verse 25. I can only imagine some of the conversations that took place that aren't recorded, unfortunately, in the text for us. Think about it. The different personalities, the different perspectives, 
This land that they covered in this period of time was about 250 miles or so. And if you look at your map, it's, it's an area and it's a region that it's, it's not easy walking. They're in the, the middle of the, the, the year, the, kind of the, the, the July time frame. And so temperatures that, that best I could tell looking at doing some research, they might have on their best days been in the low to mid 80s. They probably were closer in the 90s. Uh, uh, to mid 90s and of course at some higher elevations it took its toll now these are strong men these are men used to being out and about and as I was having an opportunity to walk through some of the the mountains in our country and different parts different regions out west with the boys I couldn't help but think about what were some of the conversations taking place amongst these men especially as they're on this mission right this mission from Moses to find out what is this place like what does it look like what are the people like could we uh, you know, what are, the, what are their cities like? The fruit of their land. Exploring on this, uh, on this trip, you know, these, these men are. And they come back and they start to give this report in these first couple of verses. And it's, uh, it's kind of like what they do to us on our, on our, maybe your favorite television shows, game shows or whatever. Where they build up some good hype and then cut to commercial or cut to something else. Talks about this land. It flows with milk and honey. Here's the fruit. These are the grapes. You've, you've read probably about the story where the, they had took two men basically to carry these grapes. But then in verse 28 of verse 13, However, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the Nejeb. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly or not. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the hill country. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. So what sounds great for just a few moments, I'm sure, milk and honey, great uh, fruit here. Here's the example of it. But there is a catch. What happens between verse 29 and 30 is obviously, uh, again, something we have to somewhat infer but the people have heard enough, those that are, that are listening here at this point, where they, they start to make some noise. They don't like what they're hearing, I'm, I'm sure, at this point. Verse 30, But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Caleb was a man who amidst, uh, and of course we know Joshua also also gave the, the favorable report, but Caleb in particular tonight seems to be here a man of probably few words. He's been on this trek for these, with these men for these 40 days, and, and uh, finally I'm sure it's probably gotten to a point where he's got to speak his piece. And he shows us here, I think, a good deal of his character, of what kind of person he is when he after hearing these things that, that his other brothers have said no doubt hearing the grumblings of the people that are taking place at this time what does he say let's go at once another way to put that let's go right now let's take it we can do it we can overcome them verse 31 then the men who had gone up with him said we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we are so they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land. Here's where things start to get interesting. Um, 
bad report of the land and they had, that they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone to spy it out is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people that we saw in it are great, of great height. There we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, who came from the Nephilim. And we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers, uh, like grasshoppers, and so we seemed to them. And this, of course, gets everyone riled up. Chapter 14, verse 1. Then all the congregation raised a loud cry, and the people wept that night. And all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said to them, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would that we had died in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become a prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? Over the next few verses, they actually decide they want to pick a new leader. You may, may have read that before. I'm going to skip down to verse, um, verse 11. Um, I'm sorry, verse, verse 13. Moses decides to try to take, take up for the people. Um, Moses said to the Lord, Then the Egyptians will hear of it, for you brought, us, brought up this people in your might from among them. God has done so much for these people, right? Brought them out of Egypt, brought them through the wilderness that he has up to this point has seen fit now after this time to send these spies, bring back a report. Caleb and Joshua were the only ones to give a, a positive report. The majority, unfortunately, at this time, see it negatively. I think one of the applications we can make is how many times we choose to listen to most of the negative news that's around us. The news that will say to us, can't do that, can't do this, shouldn't do that, shouldn't do that can't accomplish, fill in the blank. That's what's going on here. And here we see Caleb come forward, if you will, already wants to speak, to speak his, his, uh, his peace. Then if we look in Numbers uh, chapter 14, um, I'm going to start go back a little bit. Numbers chapter 14, verse 5. Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the people of Israel. Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, the land which we passed through to spy it out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Do not fear the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their protection is removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Then all the congregation said to stone them with stones. They were tired of hearing the positive, the yes, we can do it. The God, God is on our side. They were listening to that negative, uh, negative uh, group of men. How often are we in the position of Caleb where we have the choice? We have the choice to say to ourselves, this situation... This, this circumstance, this scenario is one that we can overcome, is something that we can do with God on our side. How often are we in that position where we have plenty of negativity around us, plenty of naysayers, plenty of folks, uh, individuals, entities, groups perhaps, even saying, no, that can't be done. No, we can't accomplish this or that. That's exactly what Caleb and Joshua find themselves faced with here. They have a group of people now at the point where they're ready to stone them. 
right? That's what the text, that's what the text states there. Won't read through the rest of, you know, some of the rest of the story. Moses ultimately, of course, does intercede for the, for the people. This is the second time, essentially. Uh, the second time that Moses has had to do this. Um, God finally, uh, or God finally says, okay. Numbers chapter 14, all the way down to verse 20. Then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word, but truly as I live and as all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. None of the men who have seen my glory and my signs that I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and yet have put me to the test these ten times and have not obeyed my voice shall see the land that I swore to give to their fathers. And none of those who despised me shall see it. But my servant Caleb, listen to this, but my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit and has followed me Fully, I will bring into the land into which he went, and his descendants shall possess it. Caleb, it says there in verse 24, has a different spirit. Tonight, I wanted to make three points, three quick notes from Caleb while he was on this road trip. One, we will find ourselves many times where it is necessary for us to be the ones to speak up. To say what needs to be said that is right. To say what maybe needs to be said uh, to, to help further uh, our, our church, our cause, our, our missions. When there are plenty of others standing around us who are saying the contrary. Who are saying it can't be done who are saying it shouldn't be done, who are saying it's too dangerous, who are saying things that, that would otherwise cause us to stall or perhaps delay. I can't, again, as I said earlier, imagine you know, some of the conversations that probably took place during those 40 days amongst these men. They had to have debated at times. They had to have discussed at times, could we do this, could we do that, could we, could we take over this group of folks here at the sea? Can we take care of these folks here in the hill country? And I can imagine Caleb during that 40 days being so frustrated and, and so probably, uh, probably uh, discouraged you know, by the words coming from his brothers. We sometimes have to be ready to speak up just as Caleb did uh, at that uh, opportune time. Second thing I think we glean from Caleb here is that we have to stay strong even when things don't go our way. When Caleb and Joshua spoke up to try to convince the people, hey, this is a land that we can take, hey, this is something that we can accomplish, did they win their argument? Did they get their way? No, they didn't. They ended up suffering, so to speak, along with the many others for the next 40 years. Imagine, if you, will, if you will, some of the thoughts that probably went through Caleb's mind, not just during this time when, when people literally are threatening to stone him and uh, Joshua for wanting to do what was right. Over the next 40 years, wandering with this group of people as he was thinking to himself, man, we should have gone right then. We should have taken action right then. But he stayed strong during that period of time. How do we know that? In Joshua chapter 14, um, 
we look at verse Joshua chapter 14. This is verse 6. I don't, that's, oh yeah, sorry. Joshua chapter 14. Got to get to the right book. So after these 40 years, really 45, we'll talk about it in just a moment, of, jo- of uh, Caleb hanging around, sticking around with, with these, with the folks. We read in verse 6 of chapter 14 of, uh, of Joshua. Then the people of Judah came to Joshua at Gilgal and uh, basically at this time they're giving out the, the, the land uh, at this time comes to Caleb's turn. Then the people of Judah came to Joshua at Gilgal and Caleb the son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite said to him you know what the Lord said to Moses the man of God in Kadesh Barnea concerning you and me. Verse 7. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in my heart. But my brothers who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. Yet I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land on which your foot has trodden shall be an inheritance for you and your children forever. Because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, just as he said, these 45 years since the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses, while Israel walked in the wilderness. And now, behold, I am this day 85 years old. I am still as strong today as I was in the day that Moses sent me. My strength now is as my strength was then for war and for going and coming. So now give me this hill country of which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day how the Anakim were there with great fortified cities. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall drive them out just as the Lord said. What kind of person waits for that promise? Endures that 40 years, 45 years. And if you read through the rest of this story, you know that they're at the end of being in war for five years. And Caleb is remembering all the way back to when he said, let's go take it now. Like Caleb, I think we have sometimes got to remember to stay strong, even when those around us are not being strong for us. We've got to be able to Be patient sometimes, knowing that our prize, our promise may come at a later time. Caleb uh, survived the 40 days road trip with those brothers. Then he survived another 40 years in wandering. Another five years of war. And then finally found to the point where he came to his promise. I think we should learn from that. We should glean from that, that with the same level of patience and that same level of um, uh, faith and the promises God has made, regardless of what's going on, even if it's in circumstances that we tried to perhaps even avoid but came our way, there's still a faithful promise that will come at the end for us. And then lastly, the last point I wanted to make that I think we need to take from Caleb in this story 
is we need to be bold. We need to be bold in asking for that promise. We need to be bold in remembering what God has promised each one of us uh, as we live our lives out. And we do, do so in a faithful way. When, when it came time for Caleb to, to be offered promise, he probably could have had the opportunity to say, you know what, I'm a little older now. Some time has passed. I'll just kind of stay where I'm at. I'll just be in the comfort zone here for a little bit, little bit longer. He didn't do that. He has that same attitude that he had 45 years earlier when he said, let's take it. Let's go at once and we can overcome. Tonight, I hope some of these thoughts uh, have prompted us to either be reminded of or learn things perhaps we haven't heard before in terms of how we have to approach our lives. Just as Caleb had to deal with some challenging folks around him, his brothers, we sometimes have to do the same. Even when things don't go our way, and we may have to wait a while for what we want to come to us, that's sometimes what it takes. And then when it comes time, we need to be bold, I think, in knowing what God has promised us, just as he promised Caleb the land here, uh, that was the, the Canaanite land that flowed with milk and honey. We need to be just as bold as he was in in being ready to take that, do the things necessary to do that. This evening, we're, we're uh, not offering an invitation, but I want to appeal to each and one of us as we go throughout this week. All the all the, uh, the the students and teachers and faculty about to go back to school. Those of us going back to work and out to our places where we're doing different things. My hope is that as we go throughout this this week, we remember and take some things from Caleb. That regardless of some of the things going on around us, we may have to speak up. Regardless of some of the actions that we, and stands that we may take, we may have to endure uh, almost punishment, if you will, along with others, even though it may not have been of our doing. And then we have a reward for us one day that we can boldly, boldly be prepared to claim, just as Caleb did.